the Southern Fried Witch, and today is a very not good day. My eldest son is very sick, very ill, and we are working on healing him. And I have to tell y'all that when my kids are sick, I cannot concentrate. I can barely do a thing, and I'm just too worried about how to get them better. So this is not great. And and the week didn't lead up very well. As y'all know, our chickens have Merrick's disease, and it's highly incurable and highly fatal. And, you know, I've got some survivors out there, but any chicken born to them would definitely, you know, be exposed and therefore have it as well. And so I made a qualified decision to not have any more, and my partner decided to kind of, What's a nice way to say do it behind my back? Um, (laughs) yeah, he went ahead and let him sit on eggs and I found out the hard way. And so now I've got one red hen in a cage because she's trying to kill Harriet's babies. And I have four little tiny chicks that nobody wants. Uh, We've buried two that nobody wanted to the point of um, blood. So yeah, I've got four baby chicks in my bathroom and uh, what I'm calling a cluster cluck. (laughs) Like, you know, dad jokes have nothing on me. Yes, we have a cluster cluck and the rooster's in a cage, Big Red's in a cage, Harriet's running free and uh, four baby chicks in the house that have nowhere safely to go. And then... I was holding up in the, the door to the rabbit cage, and uh, I was very tired, and I turned to attend to something else on my left, and my very favorite rabbit jumped out. And not knowing how to catch a rabbit, I don't even know if there is a good way to catch a rabbit, I, I completely fucked that up. I did everything in my power with what I knew at the time anyway, and... Uh, Haven't seen her in a few hours. And I don't know if y'all know, but domesticated rabbits cannot just roam the damn woods. And it's not looking good. And I wish I just landed upon her, you know. But I honestly was afraid I'd kill her, (laughs) you know. And, And now I know. Now I know that, well, I've got a friend who has rabbits. And when they've gotten out with her, because it does occasionally happen, um... And she has the same breed, and, and in fact, my stock is from hers. So they're lion's mane, and they are not supposed to be running wild in the woods. But anyway, she has caught hers before using what she called a dip net, which has something to do with fishing. And I finally located one, so we are going to attempt, if we can get her back, if we can ever find her, if she ever comes back, we will we'll try. But I'm a type A, so I'm sitting in my home right now, y'all, and trying to send out protection for her. But I know the limits of that. 
You know, one of the things that drives me nuts about Christians is that they will be like, well, God will protect us. You know, (laughs) if I pick up that snake, God will protect me. Oh, honey. Okay, look, I'll do what I can. But at the end of the day, the woods has its own rules. And uh, I wasn't being a very good steward and I failed. So she may pay the price. We will see. I'm very sad about it. So yeah, I've got quite a few things going on from the chicken issue to my very sick son, who is the most important of the issues to a lost rabbit. Oh, and it's also my son's birthday today. It's his 31st birthday and he can't stand up. So in the past, y'all, I would have said, okay, I've been cast upon. (laughs) When I say in the past, I mean, you know, 20 years ago. Which is, by the way, very Christian thinking still. Um, When we assume that, I guess, victimhood position. Yeah, it's a run of really shit luck. But people get sick. I wasn't attending the door on that rabbit. And my partner snuck behind my back on those chickens. So it's not like I got hit by three meteors. Does that make any sense? And to automatically assume that that's what's going on, to me, that's not very pragmatic. That's not even common sense. I cannot do that. Even as a witch, I cannot blame hexes and curses on that. That's way more rare than we think. And even then, someone's got to be very talented. So, as I'm running out of time to do a podcast, I'm not ahead ever on my podcast. I usually am days away from... (laughs) publication of an episode and it's always going to be like that because my life is so busy but here I am y'all have basically caught me if you will in the middle of a cluster cluck (laughs) so part of my heart is 100% wrapped up in my son feeling better I can't be happy if he doesn't feel happy so there's that Part of my my brain and my heart are wandering the woods trying to locate that rabbit and uh, and wait for my partner to get home to help me walk that woods this evening. And, uh, you know, this is the real life of a real witch. I know I need to cast tonight and I'm going to. I don't cast as much as some people might think I do. Takes a whole lot of energy to do that. And if you've been a witch for a very long time, you can kind of end up in a groove with nature and with magic where you don't need to as much. But yeah, I need help now. And I'm going to do that. So when I sat down in front of this microphone, I thought to myself, you should be running out. You should be casting and, you know, working on healing your son and working on finding that rabbit and getting your head right. But then I also knew something at my older age, and that is that I'm not going to be able to think or have clarity or do what I need to do in this condition. So I decided to come sit and talk with y'all and figure it out this way and get my head clear before I walk outside to the altar. And uh, that's the nitty gritty of it, honey. And I tell y'all what a time like this will teach me every single moment of it. And that is that we literally have control over almost a damn thing. Just nothing. To some extent, I can control the way I'm responding. On the outside of me, at least. And I can control what I do with this day. 
I can sit here and calm down and think out the best healing spell for my son, do a nice cleansing and a good warding just in case it was actually some no good astral nasty headed this way. But overall, there is no control. It's like a roller coaster. (laughs) And for a person like myself, uh, very much a type A, very much an Aries, very much wanting to handle everything, you know, really get in there. And what I think matters to me right now is taking those lessons from my 30s and 40s and even some in my early 50s to remember that once we do what we've got to do, the rest of it is riding the wave. Never been good at that. That is not my forte because the wave doesn't have, you know, reins on it that I can <laughs> hold and guide. And quite honestly, I wanted to talk about something that was very similar to this about a week ago and did not. And that was that I looked back on my 20s and I remember the constant, just outright white knuckle situation I was in all the time, raising three kids by myself and never knowing for sure if we're going to be able to keep the lights on. And then some crazy reason, I decided to also try to earn three degrees while working a full-time job and being the only parent. So there was a lot of times that I would lay in the bed and gnaw my fingers and wring my hands and, and the worry drove me to anxiety. It drove me to ulcers. It was just constant. And one of the things my dad taught me, my stepdad that I really thought of as a father before he died, was that, you know, we need to do the best we can and prepare the best we can and get our situation as set up as we can. And then we need to let go. All right, y'all. So the break here is that I heard myself, I heard myself telling myself to let go. And uh, so I stopped the recording. I went and had a good cry out in the woods and could not catch my bunny for a long time. (laughs) But the more I relaxed about it and the more I just, you know, said, well, I've done everything I could. All of a sudden ideas came to me. And we put up some live traps last night. I threw some carrots up in there. And this morning, we got her. And, you know, my son, who's very sick right now, and it's also been keeping me just torn up. Well, he's not that much better, but he's not worse. And I had some good sleep. So, you know, it is, I guess, what a lot of people would call a run of bad luck. But it's not necessarily anything nefarious. What I find magical about these moments is that they kind of give me a chance to really sink into my magic. And if I haven't been doing it, if I haven't been present in my magic, if I haven't been witchifying every damn thing, including stress and bad luck, (laughs) shit going wrong, if I haven't been doing that kind of work during that time, it will keep going until I do. I did a little bit of divination work and I don't always do so when it's, you know, just a cluster cluck, as I've called it, of issues because at the same time I'm logical. I'm a pragmatic witch who believes in science 
common sense and not everything, as I've told y'all before, is some sort of, um, you know, hex or curse or whatever. Sometimes it's just the shit that goes on when you're living. But I did do one and all it kept telling me over and over was to get my shit straight, get my head right, go be with the trees, go focus on what I can do and not on what I can't. I guess that should be changed to what I can control and what I can't. And what I could control was what my daddy taught me to. You know, go ahead and do everything in my power that I could think of. Everything to get the rabbit back. Everything to make the chicken safe. Everything that I could to help my son feel better. And then let go. And so that's what I did. Then today, y'all, I went back out and... All of my turmeric had bloomed. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you leave them in the ground long enough, they will do that. And they're so beautiful and edible (laughs) and edible. I just always have so much trouble cutting them down. They're just, they're stunning. And I thought, well, I'm going to get ready and I'm going to start doing those videos for my Patreon. And I've done one or two videos for my Patreons in the past, but I wanted to make it a regular thing. And I live way out here in the country. So one of my issues was always that I couldn't get good enough internet service to get that loaded and the quality I wanted it loaded in. And I kind of gave up. And then today I thought, no, remember what you learned yesterday. See, an old dog can learn new tricks, y'all. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do everything in my power. You know, that whole build it and it will come kind of thing. And I recorded maybe five videos on how to plant sweet potatoes and how to give them the right shade and then a couple of walkabouts and things like that on the farm. It inspired me to do so many more. I just wanted to do a ton of them then. And as I was walking back in to sit down and have a nice tea and chill out, it occurred to me that there's a thing called airdrop on an iPhone. (laughs) Y'all, I am an older woman. And uh, my daughter-in-law's out here twice a week. And she lives in town. And all I have to do is drop them to her. And she can start loading things for me. And she needs another side hustle. And if I want this uh, life that I've been projecting and manifesting, then I'm going to have to hire somebody. And I reckon I can get her for pretty cheap. So (laughs) I'm going to do that. I'm going to hire my daughter-in-law, which is a wonderful thing because I want to do all these videos and I want to be more out there. And and so that was another little problem solved. And it was just from saying to myself, remember what he taught you. Remember what my dad taught me. And it was to go ahead and get everything ready and everything done that you could toward a problem. Let's call it a project of any kind And then sit back and let the idea come to you on how to get it out there and get her done. And I reckon it takes a whole lot of faith. It also takes acceptance that a situation can go in multiple directions that you can't control. And I'm not great with that. But I've seen things fall apart before that ended up being better for the fall apart. The great crumble, if you will. Sorry, I've been watching Sweet Tooth on Netflix and I love it. So yeah, rabbit's back, sun's not worse, and I'm hoping he gets better. 
And the projects are starting to build in my mind now that I imagine that I do have internet, just not here on the farm. I don't know how long it's been since I've told y'all that the only way this podcast gets out there is through a hot spot. Mm -hmm. Through Verizon, hashtag not an ad. (laughs) Okay, but I pay a ridiculous amount of money to get this done. That's one of the reasons I do have a Patreon account is because I can't afford to do it without one. (laughs) But also, it's, you know, worth the trade-off. I live way out here. I don't hear the local football game. You know, when I lived in town, we we couldn't get any peace. And I was a football fan, but sometimes you just didn't want to hear the screaming over those big megaphones. And there was no peace from it. I didn't have any fireflies. You know, your dog couldn't be in the front yard. I had my poor Gatsby. And if y'all been around a long time, y'all know about him. My Australian Shepherd, my first dog in my, my heart. And he was on one of those invisible fences so he could still like enjoy his life. And he was hanging out in his front yard, not moving, had the sign up. And one of those days, the animal control folks showed up and they were pulling him by his collar to get him into the van and it was beeping and I'm telling you there's some folks out there they cannot learn that was the most ignorant thing and he knew if they got him over that line it was going to shock the living shit out of him and I barely made it out there in time before that happened I couldn't have chickens um I couldn't really have a lot of plants I could have a little but you know how it is in town You can't make your front yard a cornfield. You know what I'm saying? And if you didn't mow, you got in trouble. I mean, there were so many things. Couldn't be naked in your yard. Could not. You'd get in trouble for that, too. So, you know, everything fell apart for me in town, and I had to come out here to the country. And I have to tell y'all, I'm not always a big fan of saying that some tragedies lead to something really good. Because there's still tragedies and or there's still trauma involved. But I tell you what, it fell apart and crumbled into a better life. It really did. Anyway, I reckon that's enough on that. There's one other thing I wanted to talk to y'all about today. And I know that this one is also just a great ramble. I've told y'all before, I don't have any notes when I sit down. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it's kind of lame, but it's what we got. The other thing that's been in my mind so much lately is the speaking out loud of sacred witchcraft. And I'm going to tell y'all what I mean. What I'm referring to is that whole birthday wish sort of uh, mythology that if you come up with a wish, you know, to blow out your candles or if you see a shooting star and then you tell folk what it is, it doesn't come true. Now, of course, that's just a myth, but I don't know. I find it relevant in discussing this. When I cast something, when I get very deep into the nitty gritty of a spell, personally, I have helpers. That's the first thing. I have helpers. I'm very big on asking the land spirits to allow me to do so in their space. I mean, they've been here way longer than me. Who the hell do I think I am? And the trees. And I'm very 
cognizant that I can't colonize a place in time and I want to work with energy, not crash down upon it. So that whole path of least resistance, it works out in science, maybe, and the craft is science. It's some of it just not proven yet. And so it's always been the case for me that it's like a covenant, if you will, one of our favorite words, coven. It's a covenant I'm making with everything living and everything not living but still there and everything that holds a right to be there. I'm making a covenant with everything around me to be able to cast, to do a spell, if you will. And because of that, I think personally, and I wouldn't necessarily say this about anybody else, but I think that it's the breaking of that covenant's sacred secrecy or bond that kills the spell or limps the the spell that you've created, that you've crafted. Also, there's this whole um, side issue with that. And that would be for me that there's so much bravado involved in saying, I'm going to make something completely up here. Oh, I cast a spell the other day and I did it just like this X, Y, Z. And I asked these spirits to help me and I asked these trees to hold witness and it, you know, came to be or it looks like it's coming into fruition. There's a lot of bravado. It seems to me that instead of bragging to folks, <laughs> you know, online or otherwise about how damn good you are at that, you might want to get back out there and tell the space you did it in thank you. <laughs> if you want to brag to somebody, you've got all those spirits out there, you got those trees out there, you got, you know, the fair folk, you got anybody who was present, you might want to go out there and toot their horn in front of them. Because that makes a lot more sense. And um, I do believe that we risk the inefficacy of our work when we do this egotistical nonsense. And y'all know you can call it superstitious. You can call it common sense if you want to. Because I do. But it's akin to a lot of other things. You know, there was a time and it was long ago. So I reckon I can say something about it now. Uh, That TV is no longer in existence, Um, but my sons got together and bought me a very expensive, nice widescreen TV. At the time, it cost a whole lot of money, and everybody I saw on Facebook was bragging about what they got for Christmas, and I didn't say a damn word, mostly because I didn't want to do that. You know, they had saved uh, all year to do this for me. I'd been using a 27-inch tube TV from 1992, and they thought I needed to cut it out. (laughs) And I wouldn't spend the money myself. But also because occasionally we take vacations, and I don't want my business out there about what's in my home and what's not in my home. It worried me, and it worried me quite a lot. And then there was this other thing. Oh, God, I reckon we're going on 20-something years now. And it's so dead in the dirt, I might as well speak to it. And I had a very serious and very prominent author who was looking at doing the forward for an article of mine. And I was very excited about it, and I bragged to the wrong person about it. 
And this author, this other writer, was uh, reclusive. They're, they've since passed away. Um, older, very much older than me, and reclusive, and hard to get a hold of, and hard to talk into anything. And I told this other human being, who was very competitive with me at the time, and I told her how important it was to me, and how excited I was, and it was a big secret, and she wasn't to tell anyone. And she wrote to this author, (laughs) and suggested that she also be part of the project. And it killed the deal, 100%. It was one of those um, moments where you literally see that shooting star head toward the ground. It was gone. And I shouldn't have been bragging about that. These days, if I have something going on, I will refer to it if I think it's important to do so. However, if I've got some kind of big thing coming up, if I've got a project that's hot on the table and it is not secure yet, If I've got a big interview coming up and it has not been recorded yet, I will be very careful about speaking it out loud. It's not in existence yet. And you know, sometimes it can be whisked away from you. Sometimes it just doesn't have feet yet and somebody can pull that rug right out from underneath them. So be careful about who you share things with. These days, what I do is I get down and dirty with my projects. I get as much done as I possibly can. I lay all the groundwork and I attempt to get things as, I guess, solid as I can get them well before I'll announce it. And it's something I've carried over into my witchcraft. It's something that I just has become part of my practice to keep those covenants that I'm crafting especially during that spell work, to keep them sacred, to keep them private, to keep them as secure as possible. And uh, I don't hear enough about secrecy in the craft anymore. I just don't. I see kind of the opposite, you know, and I can understand that. We've got the, the whole social media extravaganza circus going on. Everybody wants to brag about everything. But it just... Um, I feel that it bleeds out a bit of the power of the potency, if you will, of a spell to drag it out over the dirty dishes and sandwiches of our daily lives. I just, I do. I don't know. Does anybody else feel that way anymore? Am I a dinosaur? (laughs) I may be one of the last folks that do consider the craft to be, uh, well, secret somewhat when it comes to the details and you know it's funny I was looking up words uh, you know my doctorate is in words anyway so I was looking up words and I was looking up other words for secret and I could find a lot of them that were just um, I reckon more descriptive but not the noun in and of itself or the state of being And the word that kept popping up everywhere I looked was the word occult. It was. (laughs) But I find it interesting that the occult is not that secretive anymore. It really isn't, especially if it's been commercialized in some way. And I still feel that we can talk about the craft. I feel that we can talk about the ways toward the craft and the tools of it and how it feels to live this way without giving up our our secrets. I think we can. 
And I know I have to protect the covenants I'm crafting out here in the woods. I know I have to. Because I really do want that birthday wish to come true. (laughs) And I also see it as slightly disrespectful to be bragging about something that was sort of between you and your God or a tree. It just doesn't, doesn't smack true to me. Doesn't smack real to me. I do think it's different when we have students and I'm teaching them under initiation processes. And I think that's, um, that's, that's a different kind of sharing. Anyway, I don't know what y'all think about that, but I'll keep working on it in my head. Today is a better day. And I reckon I just am going to put this out there next week. I've got another whole plan on what I'm going to talk about, but this week was a cluster cluck (laughs) and, uh, Hopefully, everything's in place to let it get better or settle where it's going to. And then I'll know what my next move is. All that being said, if you like this podcast and you want to support the podcast and you're interested in extra content, including videos and extra episodes, please go over to my Patreon. The link is in everything I do, but it's also just Southern Fried Witch. We'd be happy to have you over there on the porch and be part of our Patreon family. We're having an event in October that is Patreon only. And folks are flying in on airplanes and jumping in cars. And we're all going to be way out in the woods. So if you join, there's an opportunity still only for about maybe five or six folks to still jump on the Bat Children Ball train. But We'd be happy to have you if you're part of the Patreon team. Let me do my shout outs right quick, y'all. This week, I want to thank Kim, Brandy, Tyler, Connor, Nicole, and Olivia Davies. And by the way, if y'all want your last name shouted out in the future, just let me know. I can't thank y'all enough for joining the Southern Fried Witch Patreon. And I hope y'all are going to enjoy all these videos I'm putting out. All right, y'all, I need to go back out there and keep on planting stuff. I've got my sweet potatoes done, my peppers done, my tomatoes done, and my okra needs to go in. I've also got my roselle hibiscus. It makes such good tea, y'all. And I need some more cucumbers, and the green beans are already starting to rise. And yes, they are late, y'all, they are late. However, here they come. So... Gotta get back out there, do that work. Love y'all like chicken. Talk to you next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.